This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Nottingham, founder and CEO of All-Star Dental Academy. And I want to welcome you to Hope in Crisis, a three-part webinar series where we explore dental practice management, HR, technology issues to help you navigate the COVID-19 crisis. In our last webinar, which was yesterday, on your recording, whatever that might be, we, are discuss- we discussed HR and employment issues. We had the great pleasure of having Adrian Twig from Ben Erickson, and all these webinars will be posted, the replay uh, online on our website. We were also graced grace with Robin Reese, VP of Coaching at All Star Dental Academy and a Ben Erickson consultant. And she helped me with questions as well as answering questions. Eric Vickery, well, my, my longest standard coach, superstar, uh, he was also available helping to answer questions. And um, I think those are the coaches we have on the line kind of helping us out. So thank you. Much gratitude to both of you for helping and thank you for coming here today to help out with us. On this webinar, we will build on our HR discussions and add practical practice management steps to help your business and employees not just get through the crisis, but thrive on the other end. We will have a, we, we do have, and I'll introduce a, a, a proper introduction in a moment to, for our all-star head instructor, Larry Gazzardo, which we're of course, super, super grateful for. Um, And then tomorrow in our third webinar, we'll be exploring technological issues and resources taught by none other than the digital dentist, Dr. Lauren Levine, remote access, HIPAA compliancy, and ways that we don't want to get our computers to get viruses. As we know of right now, obviously, viruses don't travel from one computer to a person. That never happened. But we want to make sure that we don't have viruses in that situation. So today, let me introduce our special guest, Larry Gazzardo. Larry Gazzardo was slated to do five presentations at the Hinman. And so we were able to grab him. And instead, he's here with us uh, virtually. So he really is a highly sought after dental practices consultant and international speaker. His skill and talent is offering practical, we're all about practical, common sense solutions to improve your dental practice and be productive. Larry is a faculty member at the Dawson Academy, and most importantly, he's also Dental Academy's head instructor. Larry Gazzaro, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're, you're welcome. I have to play these for my wife so I can hear she can hear what you have to how say. special you are how popular yeah, you yeah. are she goes look big shot you can take out the trash <laughs> i mean um it, it anyway. was funny the the uh, a friend of one of my one of my clients was like his son saw me on youtube it's like oh is this guy a youtuber he's like i'm, I'm not a youtuber yeah, right so. right i you know what i'm just glad because this is probably since all of this kind of hit the fan about a week ago um quite honestly i don't I don't think you and I have laughed once <laughs> while all this was going yeah. on. Everything has been so serious and, and there's a lot more to come and there's still a lot more uncertainty. Um, I am beginning to feel better about what's happening um, as we're going through it, knowing that I think we're all going to survive and, and come out of that, uh, come out of this intact. But honestly, I think, I think this is the first time we ever actually made a joke about anything. Uh, I know in my so mind, serious. I'm like, I'm like, is it too soon? You yeah, know, is this okay? Yeah. Um, 
Um, but no, I, I think moving ahead, um, I think in working with your teams, you, you may have heard a lot of all of this, but I just want to give you some just some basic pointers, simple ones, because I think there's a lot of information floating around. Um, much of it is good, some of it not, not so great. Um, and Larry, before you begin, let me just outline the four things you're going to cover, and then you're off for the races. Um, so there's going to be four things we're going to cover. Uh, the first is where Larry is going to talk about, and if you have any questions that come up, chat, chat them along. Uh, do some Q&A, we'll, we'll answer them, we'll, we'll ask Larry. Uh, the first is team. The four steps to navigating the crisis is first we want to address the team situation. We talked a lot about that with, with Adrian, so we're not going to go into uh, uber detail, but Larry can kind of summarize some of the basics you need to know. Number two is what do we do with our patients? What, the third is what do we do during downtime? Because there will be some downtime besides emergencies. And lastly, what do we do to work towards practice recovery? So those are the four things that we'll be going in, Larry. Okay, so, so let's kind of start with the team because patients kind of, uh, kind of roll right into that. Okay. Um, the first thing that I'll just say to you is because there is a lot of information and what I want is for your team to get information directly from you and not from other sources because they're reading things on Facebook, this doctor did this, this office is doing that, I heard this, I heard that. Um, no, if they have questions, we certainly want them to ask you about it, um, but we want them to get information directly from you because uh, that's gonna be the best, best information to get. So with that said, um, for your team, plan to have regular updates with them whether you're going to email all of them with an update of what's going on. I think while people are anxious, if you could use a format like this, um, like Microsoft Teams or um, Facebook, that's what my family does. I'm, I've got a huge crowd in a family and every night at seven o'clock, we have a, a Facebook call. Um, but whatever method that you wanna use, you wanna be able to be the main source of information back to your staff. And so I get it that there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of unanswered questions. I think being honest with your team saying, I'm not certain about how a lot of these things work. This is what I'm investigating. Uh, this is why I'm listening to things, you know, the gang from All Star. I'm talking to my CPA. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with, you know, benefits people and, and things like that. Um, let them know, I'm, I'm trying to get these answers as quickly as I can. Um, and so just be honest with them and say that if you have a question or a concern, I want you to ask me, because you don't want them talking amongst themselves, hey, I heard this or I heard that. Um, that's when people who are nervous start to get suspicious of your motives and, and what you're up to. So as far as the, the team is concerned, have regular meetings with them. Um, and say every day at this time, uh, we either going to get together and talk um, you may do it more frequently now in the beginning as things are unraveling very quickly. And then maybe as time goes by, you might do it every other day or every other third day or something. But you want the team to realize that you are providing them with information. And I'll tell you this, if they, if they don't see that they can get it from you, they're going to go someplace to get it. And my worry is that it will be information that either doesn't apply or it doesn't, it's not true or it's not something that you're gonna be able to help them with. So you want them to see that here's where you get your information from, uh, directly from me. And if you could do it with the whole team together, you know, that's great. 
Also, don't forget the fact that even though all of us, I am in this too, my wife is, um, you know, Alex is, Heather is, Eric, Robin, everybody, we're all in this together. It affects each one of us personally. And we have to remember that we can talk to the group, but each one of your team is going to need to have an individual conversation because it affects each one of them individually. And everyone's concerned, how do I survive for the next month, two months, or three months, whatever it is. So you want to be able to talk to them individually. And so that's the point that I want to make, particularly about the, the team, is that they know that they're getting their information from you. And if they hear something that you think that we should know about, then I want you to contact me directly, either by cell phone, text, or bring it up in one of our, our group meetings. But let's talk about it as a group. If you want to let me know ahead of time, I'll get the information for you, and then I'll announce it to everybody. Uh, my, my point here is that you want your team to see that you are not only approachable, but you're also available so that they're not seeking out information from other sources that, that doesn't work for you. Um, I think that will do, go a long way um, for keeping your team intact and realizing that they're secure, uh, that they're safe, uh, and that they're going to have a job to return to. You know a lot of people are very suspicious that you have motives here. And, and, and perhaps some of you do, I don't, I don't know. But I know the biggest majority of you, your only motive is to be able to reopen and start taking really good care of your staff and your team and taking really good care of your patients so that we could just get back to the life that we knew just like eight days ago. You know, we, we wanna be able to get back to that. So constantly communicating with them and communicating with them regularly will give them the sense that, you know what, we're gonna get through this. My doctor is on top of it. Um, the doctor is getting good advice and he's helping us. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of good answers for a lot that's going on right now as far as where our funding will come from. You know, will it be like an SBA loan? Will it be a loan through the CARE Act? Um, how will employees be compensated? All I could say to you is that it looks like there is going to be financial assistance available, not only for the office, but there's going to be financial assistance available to the team. I think everybody's hearing a lot of stories and they think that they're going to um, actually come out of this better than what they would have if they were actually working. Um, I'm, I'm very doubtful of that. That, that that will happen, but I think that they're going to get the assistance because in the end, what I see the government is trying to do with the way that they're trying to control this virus is basically, if they could just get us all to stay home, if they could just get us all to stay home, then this virus won't continue to spread. And if it doesn't spread, then we can get on the other side of it. Now, the only way that you're going to get people to stay home is if they have work or they're going to get paid. And I think that's why we're seeing such a massive, um, I don't, it's not, to me, it's not like a stimulus package. It's really more like a recovery. You know what I mean? How, how am I going to help you? Um, this is more like disaster relief. You know, um, it's really not a stimulus package because you can't go out and spend money right now. Um, but we want you to be able to pay your rent. We want you to be able to uh, pay your mortgage. Uh, you know, we want you to be able to pay other bills, loans that you have, buy food, uh, that type of stuff. Um, and so I, I get the sense that what they're trying to do 
is if, if we could hold you in place so that you could feel comfortable staying at home, then we could stop this virus from spreading. And it appears to me that that, given the amount of money that they're talking about, um, they're gonna be able to make that happen. I also know, unlike you and me, the federal government can print money, so they can make this last as long as they want it to. Uh, and we'll worry about the ramifications of all of that later, uh, but right now we gotta get past this virus. So if I'm making any sense about with your team, it's just that it's just the open communication. Uh, you wanna teach them that, that, that you, you are a source of information, you're willing to answer those questions, and that you're willing to communicate with them on a regular basis about what's going on. Uh, that's what's gonna make them feel like they're safe and secure and that there'll be a job uh, to come back to. Um, if I just bundle right into that, your patients, it's the same thing. I don't think that you should be overwhelming them with information right now, but I think if you haven't done it already, um, you should have contacted your patients, let them know that you're following ADA and state health department and state, you know, department of health, uh, I'm sorry, dental association guidelines uh, that we're limiting our care to emergencies. Um, but you want to convey to them, we are open. You may not be open in the sense that we were, again, eight days ago, um, but those phones need to be answered. And, uh, you know, we want to be able to convey to people that we are open, uh, but we are following the guidelines, and so our care is limited to emergency patients. I'd like to see that your phones are answered as much as possible, you know, by a live person so that people don't get nervous thinking, I don't know where they are, I don't know when I'm going to get called back or, or whatever. Um, if those could be answered as they come in, that way those questions could be answered right away. Uh, for those patients because they need the same reassurance and you want them to learn that they need to get information from you and not from other other sources. So if you haven't communicated with them, uh, definitely do that now um, and then plan on communicating with them you know, like maybe every other you know every couple of weeks because what you want to be able to assure them of is that we do follow all uh, necessary precautions so that you'll know that you'll be safe in our office and that our employees will be safe as well. And so we'll be able to treat you. Uh, we have to remember that we haven't had this kind of a problem before, but we went through a very similar issue with the AIDS epidemic where um, you know we were actually seeing patients when it happened. And all of a sudden we had to realize, are we really safe from our patients? Are they, are they safe from us? Because there was that issue, you know, was the dentist actually passing the virus along? So um, um, this isn't exactly the same because we're gonna have the opportunity to be closed and get ready uh, for the changes, but you're letting the patients know that, nope, there's no reason for you to delay treatment. There's no reason for you not to call our office. And there's no reason for you to um, not, you know, come into the practice because we are practicing these very, very safe measures uh, for everybody. So um, uh, for your, uh, your patients, you don't have to communicate with them as frequently as you do with your team, but if you haven't already done it, communicate with them about what you're doing and then plan to do that again, uh, maybe at least once a week, once every other week while this is going on. Uh, again, we don't want them getting information from other sources because uh, it may not be accurate or even true. And so you want them to learn that the information that we're getting 
is you know good and it's coming right it's coming right from you so um make sure that they're aware of that but the key thing is have somebody available to answer your phone i think that that's very very important that if they actually get a live person um some of you know my wife is a, a medical doctor um the team was like people aren't coming in for appointments they're afraid to travel uh there is a stay in place kind of order in the city of atlanta um even though her practice isn't in the city my point to you is there's a lot of confusion number one all hands on deck i want every 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 email that we get every phone call answered and so there is something for employees to do answer the phone and so uh, the first day of this whole episode, our office um, uh, logged over 400 phone calls because uh, our system tracks you know, all this information. But my point to you is that um, I didn't want them getting a voicemail message. I wanted them getting a human being that, that we're okay, you're gonna be okay, and that if you have an emergency, you are going to be treated. You know? And so you don't have to worry that uh, we're not gonna be able to help you. So for patients, regular communication, have it come directly from you, uh, but make sure that those, those phones uh, get answered. During the downtime, I know that you can be creative and you've probably heard a lot of these things already, but all that stuff you've been wanting to get to, you know, um, if you're looking for reasons to uh, compensate employees, then compensate them for getting the office painted, the carpet cleaned, you know, the place dusted down, sanitized, uh, whatever it is, all those old charts you've been wanting to get rid of, um, maybe even doing a little bit of redecorating if you can get supplies in from a store, um, um, things that you've been wanting to update on your, your uh, uh, website. Uh, this is a good time. Uh, redoing all of your forms, you know what I mean? If they need to be updated, particularly your, your health history forms, you know, there might be questions that you wanna um, uh, add to that, but give people a reason to be able to come to work and, um, you know, they, in things that they could be paid for. So in your downtime, you can do all of that. Um, I wouldn't let people go stale, you know, even professional sports players, you know, in the off season, they don't just go lay on the beach the whole time. Um, Tom Brady, I know he's exercising, he's stretching, uh, he has his own trainers. And so I would make it mandatory for your team during the time that we are limiting our care, we are not limiting our, our training. And there's a lot of training that's available that could be done uh, not only for clinical reasons, but there's training that could be done for practice management. This is a great time to sharpen the saw on the way that you answer the phone and the way that you answer questions, um, uh, looking at your schedule. And so let's, let's not go stale. Let's not have us come back to work whenever that occurs. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, I forgot how to learn how to do this on the computer. Or we, oh, we jumbled you know, how we answered the phone. It's gonna be just as important then as it, as it is now. So what I'm recommending is that you actually say, look, we're gonna have this one meeting every week where we keep up to date. And then I would piggyback right onto that. We're gonna do some training um, after that. And so it could be a wide variety of sources. Obviously, you know, we've got a lot of information that's available for you on, on All Star. Um, but beyond that, there's a lot of other clinical courses. There's a lot of things that I know you've been wanting to learn about your computer system, your practice management software, you know, for scheduling, uh, for uh, managing recall, 
you know, even for charting, uh, listing conditions, listing treatment. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, if you think about all the things that you, you wanted to know about your system, but you always felt like you never had the time, unfortunately, now you would have the time for it. And I know that the people in those organizations would be happy to spend some time with you uh, doing these things. So um, during downtime, uh, my key here is don't, don't every week announce like this is when the down you know, time is going to be. This is when we're going to have the meeting because the uh, staff is going to be busy with other things going on in their life and your employees are not terminated. We keep using that term. Uh, they, may have, they may not be working right now and they be, be getting unemployment, but it doesn't mean that they don't have a job. And just because they are coming into for a meeting doesn't mean that it will affect their eligibility for unemployment. That, that's not going to happen there. So I would have it as a preset time. I know at All Star, we have our preset Tuesdays at 11 o'clock. You know, our mastermind group meets Fridays at this time. Um, it's helpful for me because it's on my schedule. And so as other things come up, I can say, no, I can't do it at that time because I have this other meeting already planned. And so you want, you want your team to do the same thing. Um, we, we hey, Larry, know can, I, can I just jump in here? Because you're giving so much great stuff. I just want to clarify, because uh, here's the thing, because I'm seeing a lot in the message board as well. They, uh, unemployment in this context, and you gave some really good verbiage to our all-star students and our mastermind group, which was, um, uh, what did you say? Like uh, temporary work stoppage due to COVID-19. Oh, the, the employee is out of work because of the Corona virus work stoppage. stoppage. And so what that means, this is involuntary. This is like a natural disaster. This wasn't voluntary termination. When we think unemployment, we think, oh, you know, it, it's got these negative connotations. So the, re so the thing is, um, and we're using words like furlough, whatever, layoff. It really doesn't matter. You, you probably want to use words. You can use words that are less impact um, negative. But the point is, is that we're just using government assistance. That's what employment's for. We pay that, get that benefit. We're using that. And then, like what Larry's saying, I'm here you saying, Larry, whatever work can be done, training, whether it's practice management training, clinical training, calling patients, emergencies, there's things to do, do it pay them for it. And that will just be that the employer employee will report that to the unemployment office and that will be deducted from, from what's being assisted. Does that make sense? Is that what you're kind of correct? They'll adjust whatever their bent, excuse me, what their benefit is. And, and what people are saying, just clarify uh, this as well, that if they're paid, so if they're getting unemployment, um, that, you still, and you ask them to do something, you still have to pay them. C correct, correct. And that just gets deducted from unemployment because they're doing something. It's more like a, it's basically look at it like the government saying, look, obviously the government would love you to pay them full time, but realizing you can't. So it's that, uh, what is that, that shortfall, they're taking care of it essentially. But you, but it, but it's working almost backwards. Instead of saying I can pay them what I can, and then you take care of the rest unemployment, it's really saying the opposite. We use the insurance, and then you pay whatever you can. Does that make sense? Kind of a right, different way. Right. Right. We're at just it. we're just using unemployment insurance to um, uh, make up the difference between what they would have worked, 
you know what I'm saying? What they are working and what they would have worked. Nobody's actually going to be made whole during this, this entire process. Um, although that remains to be seen because in the CARE Act, they've increased unemployment benefits substantially. So that means people are going to qualify or they're going to be eligible for a lot more in, in earnings. Um, in the laws or in the declarations from the president that has already occurred, he has given the states broad latitude uh, in, um, interp not interpreting, but in how they want to disperse unemployment benefits. So as far as I know, and, and Robin can certainly chime in here, as far as I know, um, they are providing most states, I think all states at this point, are, are uh, uh, providing partial benefits. So that means if if you call them back into work uh, for a meeting, for training, for anything like that, um, uh, and they get paid, it will not uh, interfere with their eligibility for unemployment benefits. It's true in other, in other circumstances, that was true. But when this all happened, uh, those rules kind of were put on the wayside. They're trying to be, and normally the government isn't, but they're trying to be as flexible as possible uh, to make sure that people get benefits. And the reason why they're doing that is because in this system, the unemployment compensation system, it's the most efficient way for them to get benefits to people right away. And so they're just using a mechanism that's, that's already in place. So um, there should be no downside for the employee to file for unemployment. And given the amount of money that they're pumping into the system, um, people should should get a, a, a good amount. Um, so the, again, so the, char the characterization is we're a team. Right, we're all in this together. Correct. And, and, and so we're, we're using the assistance that's available to us. Because um, look, look, look at it this way. If, if you as a business owner, if you said, well, I'll go ahead and continue to pay you myself. You know, first of all, you have limited resources. And so if you can go ahead and pay them now while they're not working, that's great. That is great. But it, 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 it wouldn't be prudent for you to do that because it'll just eat up all your available resources and take away all of your liquidity. Um, the problem for you will be when we reopen because now um, you're probably, we're probably going to rebuild and pretty fast, but not as fast as anybody's going to like us to. So you have to remember when they start working again, hmm. they're going to be getting full pay. And you're going to have to have resources for that. If you've already spent it when they weren't working, how are you going to be able to spend it when they start to work? If, if I'm making any sense. So, sense. so that's why we're relying on this government assistance because it allows you to preserve your own capital. Somebody has a question is, how can I tell our staff to do a training if we, quote, lay them off? Well, I think we're getting into semantics here um, because we're, we're, we're asking them not to report to work is technically what we're doing. But in the terminology of, you know, you're not coming to work or you're not working because of the coronavirus work stoppage, it, the implication is that you haven't been terminated. You know, so whether we call it furlough, layoff, or, or anything like that, right now, state governments get it, because I'm not hearing anything different, that you're, you're not working you're not working because you can't, and, and it's because of the coronavirus. So I think we're playing a lot of semantics. I am also hearing from a lot of people that the unemployment compensation forms 
and um, their online systems haven't been updated because this has happened so quickly. So there's not an option for them to click, you know, coronavirus work stoppage. They can only click furlough, layoff, or, or you know, work reduction, re reduction in workforce. Um, the truth is they can mark anything down because even before this happened, they could say that they quit. But when you verify what happened, you say quit, they were fired. And here's all the warning notices, mm. you know what I mean? And here's my staff policy manual that says that you could be fired for these things. And here's the warning that said they would be fired. So my point is, is they, they could write whatever they want. The um, uh, unemployment folks are gonna verify all of this with you. When it finally gets to you, it's, it's gonna be the coronavirus work stoppage. These people are not terminated. They have jobs. Right. Uh, they are employed. They're just not working right now. The um, we get this. We've been getting this question a lot, which is if they're on unemployment and we or whatever the situation, we ask them to come in or we ask them to do something, and they don't. Now, assuming, of course, that when you're asking them to come in and there is a legitimate risk of exposure, or if it's highly minimized, then that's a different situation because you can't force somebody to come in a situation that is uh, not safe. But if they have the mask and they have protection, that's a whole other, I don't want to get into right. that. That's, that's a different story. But, but, but the, I, guess the point, instance, I guess the point is, the point is if you ask them to do something that is safe and they don't want to do it, go ahead, Larry. Um, well, that remains to be seen. But the way I've seen it work in the past mm -hmm. um, is that if you're following all the proper protocol and you're doing it correctly and the person feels like, but I do, I'm afraid to come to work. Cause we see, we saw this during the AIDS epidemic that oh. people were afraid to come back to work. They didn't think the gloves and the masks and, and all that was really gonna work. Those people chose to leave the, the profession. Um, they weren't granted person, uh, per, permanent unemployment excuse me, permanent unemployment. They weren't granted disability. Those were people who just changed careers. I think the, the bigger issue for us will be when we start work again, you know, we, we might be full guns because we'll have, we'll have some idea of when we're gonna get to restart, which means we can start to fill up our schedules again. And it's gonna give us an idea of um, how full our schedule will be, like how much demand for hygiene services will there be and so on and so forth. So the other issue could be that once we start again, will we be full guns? And so again, that's why the unemployment compensation insurance is important because you can bring them back as you need them. And they'll understand, you know, you used to work 35 hours a week. Now you're only being called back to work for 15. And so the way I'm understanding it is that they will continue to uh, get benefits so long as they're eligible, um, even though they're not going back to full, full work. Excellent. There's a question here that is, there are a certain number of hours an employee can work before unemployment benefits cannot be applied. That was true up until now. And so again, the federal government has given the states a lot of latitude in providing benefits. Like they haven't put a lot of strings on the money that they're providing to the states. So I think what we're gonna find is they, they still can come to work. They still can do training. Um, all this, they can't, if they do that, they can't do this. It's, what we're gonna find is that it's not gonna interfere with it. 
the, the government is using the unemployment compensation system to have people be paid. Now, a big question that I've been seeing in our mastermind forum and other discussions that we had is the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, the question of whether dentists are exempt. I know one of our ADA executives who is on our chat, um, you know, who's on our, uh, who's on this call here, uh, you know, that's something that the ADA, I've been told, is trying to get removed uh, or get an exemption. Do you have anything? And of course, when I asked Robin and Adrian about this, this is, this is an ongoing situation, but any care to comment about this? And for those who aren't familiar with it, what is it? What's the issue? The Family First Corona Response Act. Well, the, the first thing about that is um, uh, dentistry may be exempted from that. And so the law doesn't take effect until next week. And so really what we have to find out is if we're exempted or not. Um, you can continue to pay people. Um, the problem is, is that it won't be, it, like you can give them sick time or pay time off. It just won't be eligible for um, any kind of a tax credit. Okay. So, so there it's, it's, we're kind of holding our breath to find out, is that something that's going to apply to dentistry or not? Yeah, and, and, and the question about, and Robin did a nice answer in the forum, we have to be very careful when we're asking people to come into work, we have to be very careful because of what's going on, whether this can be grounds for termination or something, because as she puts, we have to be very careful, tread lightly on this, um, you know, until we get past the situation, like you said, with the AIDS epidemic, where, you know, things were deemed safe and people didn't want to do, well, they went to the prof profession. I think the issue that we're going to see that will be more of a grounds for termination or employee you probably don't want to have is if um, you want to do training, you want to have conference calls, and they're not participating, they're not being helpful, they're not being a team player, right? Um, or you have front office that aren't going to call patients and help you out because they're still under your employee in, some, in many respects. Um, and, they sh and they should be acting uh, the best they can, and, and you should be acting, uh, both should be acting in good faith. You as a dentist understanding, look, this is scary, give them a week, maybe or a couple of days. Um, but then again, we still have to call patients. They're, like you said, with your wife, there was 400 voicemails, you got to call them back. We need, we still need our team, despite the government assistance, to be calling patients back and doing things. And in a moment, I do want to kind of shift to that. And I want you to continue your list of what can we, what can we be doing with them uh, let me just kind of go through some of the questions. We're getting a lot of questions. They come in bunches. Um, well, well, the issue is, is uh, first of all, everybody's going to have a settling in period uh, to figure out, you know, what what just happened to us. And so, because some do have daycare issues and, and all of that. Um, again, in my wife's office, the staff actually isn't coming into the office um, because we were already set up for them to be able to work remotely. So everybody is rem working remotely. And so they call in their hours every morning. They, they you know, tell us what their hours are every night. Uh, so we have them clock in and out. And so we have a record of all of that. Um, and they're all working remotely. You know, the, and there's a good interesting point in comments that, that we do have to understand too that, that uh, act, um, training remotely is a new difficult challenge for many people. Now, Larry, you and I and our all-star team, we're, we're a virtual company. We've been doing this for years before it was popular. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, of course you go do it. But there are people that even if they're young, they don't get technology. You know, I know 
Larry, you know, you're not, I have to work a lot with your technology with you, but you're, you've been doing much, much better. Uh, but the point is, is that, is that we have to understand that, work with that, be patient with that. Um, but I will say, I mentioned that at allstardentalacademy.com, I have this survival kit. It's been doing a very, very popular uh, program. What it is, it's, it's a, well, it lists a bunch of resources. And so I'm going to keep adding resources there. I have Ben Erickson link. I have a link to Lauren Levine's um, uh, audit survey to help your technology. Got a lot of free material, a lot of free uh, webinars and, and training. But a few of the articles I have are about how to remote train different resources. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow with Lauren, Dr. Lauren Levine. The point is, is that this person's, is the dentist is making, is there will be challenges and difficulties in, in ramping up. Because, I mean, your office, Larry, with your wife, they already had that in place, but there are some that dentists and others that just don't get computers. But I made some resources there to help you get on board with it. And it's going to be a very short learning curve because we got to figure this out. Right. Well, even when I look at the meetings that we're putting together, they're all recorded. And so let's say you, you're, you're having your weekly update meeting. It's going to be one hour uh, that you're asking everybody to attend. Um, you're right. You'll probably have some staff member every now and then. I have a child care issue or something that's coming up. Um, if nobody else is home who could take care of those children, uh, again, because a lot of people are home right now and they're not, they're not at work. So, but let's just say there, there isn't anybody there. We also know that these meetings could be recorded and I'm sure that there is yes, some time that they could log in and listen to the call, you know, and then they could type down their answers and send them in and we'll answer them, them next time. Um, a lot of it is, you know, we're asking for flexibility. Just work, we need you to work with us. Yeah, and, um, and I, I love what you said, Larry. That's a really good point because I see some dentists getting really upset with, oh, they're not going to be on the call because whatever it might be. Uh, look, my my wife has to, my son's getting virtual learning. And if you don't keep an eye on him, he's doing something else. He's on YouTube or something. So I think that you're right. We have to give considerations. And if they're busy, then we say, well, when can you meet? I'll send you the recording or I will meet with you and get you up to speed. And maybe you have to have multiple sessions where you say, okay, well, let's do two sessions in the week, some for this, whatever. You have to find flexibility on, they have to be flexible and you have to be flexible to make this work because when you're in a work environment, there's no distractions. You're home, you have kids, you have dogs, you have things going on. Don't expect the quiet office. is gonna be chaos going out potentially because you can't go out of your house. You can't send your kids away. You don't have babysitting, you don't have school. So that's what it's gonna to have to be is a lot of leniency, but we still find a way to communicate. So when there's an objection, you find a flexible response. Like Larry said, Oh, we can send you a recording. Just let's, let's you and I talk about what the meeting, what you found useful in the meeting, and then we can add that to it. Did you do your training? Well, you can check. All-Star, for example, you can see. Did they log right. in? You could see the training. Show me your score. Send me your notes. Let's talk about it. I can't make the team meeting where we're discussing. That's okay. When can we meet? I'll personally meet with you. Or I'll have Cindy from our office get you caught up and you guys will meet. It will get done. So my point is, and what Larry's point is, I know in a physical environment, you expect everybody, we're huddling, we're together. How dare you break the huddle? This may be all around. We have to find different hours of the, of the day to make it work, but we will. And obviously, you'll see people who are taking advantage. They're not available for anything. That's not reasonable on their end. But both sides have to be fle uh, reasonable and have an expectation 
this is going to be very flexible. Yep, because there's there's some things that we want you to be able to take care of during this downtime. Now, if you're someplace where they say you can't go out, you can't turn on, you don't have a, a remote availability, you're not allowed to go out of your house, and you can't go to the office, and you okay, we just have to accept that maybe everything for you will just be frozen until you can actually get back to the office. But, you know, we, we want your schedule to be maintained uh, for when you reopen. And if there are people on your schedule right now that are being affected, our recommendation is that they don't get a text or, or an email message or something like that saying that they, they don't have an appointment. Uh, again, we're trying to keep up that contact with them. I think that all of those patients should be called personally. Again, if it's totally impossible, we understand and we'll just have to accept that you won't be able to do this. Um, but we know in most cases, you probably could get a hold of a computer or someone can travel to the office and they can get on the computer and they can make these phone calls uh, if it can't be done remotely. But you definitely want any affected employee, uh, uh, patient to be contacted by you personally to answer their calls. Um, Larry, before you go, let me just um, comment here. I'm getting a lot of HR questions. I, I want to just pause that a little bit and I want to direct you to a couple things. We do have the replays are on, on YouTube. They're on Facebook. We do Facebook Live as well. So you can see the recordings immediately. We will be posting it on the All-Star website shortly as well. If you go to the survival kit, allstardonalacademy.com slash survival, you'll see an interview I did with Robin Reese, who's on the call as well. And we spoke about the different capacity situation and how that works because I see a lot of questions of, do I have to pay a hygienist the same rate to do all-star training? No. So you can check it out. She talks about that at length and we cover this in detail with, with Adrian from Bet Erickson. Larry, what, what else? So with the remainder of our time, we, we talked about the team, what to do about the team, right? We're going to be taking advantage of government and assistance with patients. We're just, we're letting them know, uh, I think you kind of spoke generally to that in terms of being able to respond to them. I know you've said so many times, make sure you, you are able to answer your phones. It makes your patients feel safe. If it's like you, they call and nobody answers, they feel it's like a ghost town. So you have to be there some way. If you have the technology to do it, that's, that's wonderful. Do that. Um, but keep your patients in the loop. Yep. The, the, well, the, almost the, every phone can be forwarded at this point. That's so. true. If you if you can't do voice over IP VoIP, move it over where you have a hotline at the house. Then you can any phone, even a copper phone, which is old, can be forwarded through AT and T, Verizon, whatever you're using, right to a cell phone. So it can be done. There's no excuse. And you know, if you we'll talk more about this tomorrow with Dr. Levine about ways of remote logging in and things like that to keep things protected. Larry, give me a, a list a little, and you may have mentioned it, maybe you can repeat it again. What are things that we should be doing in downtime? Yes, emergencies are things that come up. We will do that. What else can we, what else? Give me a list of things that we're doing. I know uh, Michael, one of our all-stars is saying, do all-star training. Yes, you want to do all-star training for those yeah. are all-stars. What else are you doing, especially if you're, and you can give two capacities. One is if you're allowed to go to the office, what can you do there? And if you're not allowed to go to the office, what can you do remotely 
to, and again, you're a practice management consultant. We want to utilize your time properly. There's a lot of things that people said they wanted to do, never was able to do it. So what are some things they can do? Well, there's, there's definitely marketing things. I met with a staff just on yesterday, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, but anyway, we talked about marketing, you know, about videos that they could make because those could be done remotely. They wanted to make videos of, of post-op instructions. They wanted to make videos of frequently asked questions. Um, and so those are things that they could do um, at home if they had an iPhone and things like that. The quality is, is very, very good. Uh, they were actually redoing their post-op instructions. So those could, you know, that could be done uh, remotely. Um, they were going through photographs and trying to get them organized by types of conditions. Let's get a, a, a set of pictures of broken teeth and then how we restored them. And then let's get missing teeth and how we restored them. And they're getting them all in folders so that when they want to show these things to patients, they're very easy to, to, you know, to be available. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the videos. What do you think people are going to be when they have all this downtime? They're, I think they're going to be watching videos. Well, they're on Facebook. They're on Facebook. Yeah. They're, they're, so make sure your Facebook page is up to date. Instagram, you have pictures and videos of you at home. Here's a dentist at home. Look, I'm doing a tell. And by the way, you did send a nice ADA piece or, uh, about teleconferences. Tele, uh, you can actually bill for that. There are ways you can communicate yeah, fully. Yeah. Uh, but, but be on Facebook. Show. But no, but people are but people are going to be watching videos. But I'm thinking even for when you return, these videos will, will all be done and right. they can be loaded to your website. Right. But most offices never have time to do them. That's true. They they can certainly do those things now. So you um, can have so for example, you can have videos where you put a phone or a tripod, whatever, and you're doing videos about about crowns or about your office or about something that you can then use that content later in multiple capacities. You can be going through your before and after photos that you always wish you could go through. So there's, there's some of those things that you can be utilizing this time. Oh yeah, and like every office that I know has had a challenge um, getting blogs uh, published. And so I would go to people and I would say, you know, think of all the, the things that you wanna do more of in the office, whether it's implants, veneers, periodontal therapy, whatever it is, then, you know, and we have marketing um, uh, webinars that we have done in the All-Star Library, but um, think about things you want to do more of, and what would you like to write about? What would your patients like to know more of? Let's, let's get well, a I library of blood. One thing you could be doing, and, and it was uh, Deepak made a good point, and we heard this earlier from one of our All-Star students, is that the concern is when we come back, peep, some people may be... Uh, concerned about coming in and afraid. I think right now, do the research, put it on Facebook, blog about it. Or you can start now in the process of explaining to people that dentistry is, is, has been uh, on this front for many, many years before it was popular of how we deal with the aerosol issue. That's what we do. And how we're protected, how you're protected, what we do. So you can start building the public's trust. Well, that's that part of safe. the communication that you should be having back to your patients. To your, you, oh, okay. So you can write newsletters to your patients too. Yes, Email yes. Or, or as well as create a video. But sure, my point is, is you don't want them hearing from their neighbor, oh, I heard you shouldn't visit the dentist because they have all these aerosols and you're going to suck it in and you'll die. You know, that kind of stuff. And Michael, like, had no, a no, good, no. Michael had a good point about you can build some relationships with your, your specialists like endo oral surgeons and others. 
So you're, you're utilizing this time, you can send them gifts. So there's a lot of things you wish you could have been doing that you can do. Because we're going to use this yes. time effectively. Uh, yes, yes. And so, so again, um, many of these things that you're asking them to do can be done utilizing the different capacity rates. So you don't necessarily have to pay their full wage, um, but you could pay what you can afford. My issue is, and I've done it with my wife's staff, if it's a project that we have been trying to get done for eons and no right. one's ever had the time to do it, I'm willing to spend even full wage to, to get that done, even though I'm not obligated to do that. But if, if we finally get this document problem settled, I'm, I'm willing to pay for it, you know? And so you're right, you have a budget, so we have to limit, this is how many hours I have available for right. this project and, and, and ask them to do it because we don't want to be broke when we come right. out of it. Right, and that's what people are saying as well in the chat. Like, uh, uh, what we're saying is, we're not saying do everything that we're saying. We're saying there's a lot of things that can be done to do things you wished you had time to do. Yeah, and of course, yeah. don't of do course, it just to do it. That don't just pay people because you want to pay people because some people are saying they could be, these could be very expensive projects. They can be broke at the end of it. You have to work within your budget. You have to work with, the way I look at it is you're making an investment. If you, if you are getting the un, unemployment help and you have some, some cash to make the investment in training, to make the investment in these relationship buildings, then that will help to employ your team to do that. And we talk about in the video I, I referenced uh, Adrian's the HR one and Robbins about different capacity will be more affordable. But that said, dentists, if you do not have the resources to even supplement your team much during this time, besides emergencies and things like that, there's a lot you can be doing yourself with this time. You're doing administrative work. You're planning. You're doing program. I, I just released a, a free 60-minute MBA program. To, look, to work on your business and leadership skills. So that doesn't cost any money. Number one, dentist, you're the leader. You gotta be taking care of what, what you can be doing with this time, because you'll have some free time. And if you have the luxury of be, have a budget to pay your team to do, Stephen Covey, we all heard of Stephen Covey, yes? He, works, he wore, uh, wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things is, right now we're talking about the first part of our section was what's urgent and important. What I do with my team, what I do with my patients, that I have to deal with, what I do with my, my business, so I have cash flow. I have to have a business. But after you get past that, you gotta start working on how you grow businesses as you focus on what's important, but not urgent. There's a lot of things that are important. I know I should train my team. I know I should be doing mission, vision, goals. I know I should be having plans and systems. I know I should be doing these relationships with, with other doctors. Now's the time to do that. The way you grow your business and ensure you're able to recover properly is you're making those investments in at least time. Does that make sense? So, yeah, so it I does. Wanna... But the bottom line here is that we don't want you to lose contact with your patients and we don't want you to um, lose contact with your staff. We don't want them to be disengaged and then, you know, maybe eight weeks down the road or whatever it is, then you want to try to get together as a team. It, you'll almost be starting so, from so scratch. At the, so at the minimum requirement, what I hear you saying, even, the, the, and again, we can't, every dentist is different. Some have a huge budget of savings. Some don't have much, but I would say this, and Larry, I think you agree with me on this, minimum once a week communication with your team. And I assume that, 
uh, you would you would pay for this, right, Larry? Yes, it's a meeting that they're uh, expected to attend. But this is a good investment in your practice. Correct. You know how it is when kids go back after they've been away uh, at summer break. They go back to school. All teachers tell them they've lost literally, you know, two or three months of learning. You know what I mean? Like kids, we kind of have to review for the first couple of months just to get them back on track. So, um, so maybe you we don't do want this... them to be disengaged. But beyond right. that, we don't want to okay. throw logic out the window either. Sure. So I guess step, so, so step one is you have to make sure that you're engaging your team. If that's a, a few minutes a week, an hour a week, you can pay them a different capacity rate. We talk about that in the prior webinar and then in Robin's video on our website. The, well, then, and not to cut yeah. you off, but another thing you can do too, again, we don't want to throw logic sure. out the window, but you want to be engaged with your team. You could just make it completely voluntary. You can say, you know, as a team, we're getting together to check on one another, to uh, provide announcements, uh, so on and so forth. It, oh. if, if you want to come, come. If you don't want to come, you don't have to come. If it's completely voluntary, then, then they don't not, have to be, to be paid. paid. Okay. I originally suggested that you make it mandatory because this is a business and I want us to be intact functioning when we're ready to go, when things gotcha. can reopen. But, gotcha. but you know what? We don't have to throw logic out the window. Say, you know what? It's, it's voluntary and you don't have to attend. Yeah. And so the point, the point is this, is you have to know your own budget, what you can do. And yes, what Larry was saying is, is if there's not much of a budget or zero, then you have these voluntary meetings. You could be a WhatsApp group, a text group. Facebook group, whatever, it could be uh, some quick uh, voluntary, hey, we, we just want to keep each other company and whatever. But, but the whole point is whatever you do, whether it's that, whether it's mandatory meetings, whether we're doing training, whether we're meeting more often, whether we're making investments, it doesn't matter. The point is this. You want to be able, whatever it is in your situation, you want to be able to keep an intact team that's some, hopefully some measure of training. Cohesiveness. Hopefully some co cohesiveness. So when you come back, they're not, they're not gone. Because I'll tell you this. What I believe, and I keep saying this, is you probably will find a bigger cost is not the, the saving from the unemployment and stuff. If this team is not cultivated, like don't do the car maintenance, right? And that car breaks down, which means you don't have a team when you come back. They're not happy with you. They're not happy with the situation I was handled there, or they quit. According to Ben Erickson and the research of, of HR, it's going to cost you one to three times the employee to hire somebody else. You're talking of tens of thousands of dollars to fix a situation. So what we're telling you is not just what you can do to save in cash and make the investments in the future. So your team comes back. You're like, I love my dentist. I love my team. I love this place because it is often like it's like a home. Yeah. And I think keeping in contact with them during this time is going to be important. Again, as I said before, you don't want misinformation. You want what they know coming from you, not, not from somebody else. You want them to see that you're available uh, as well as approachable. Excellent. So do you see any uh, final things that we, maybe we well, need to get Yeah, answered? the last the last thing is, Larry, tell me about, and I think you were speaking about, just summarize the, the, the last step, which is moving towards practice recovery. So we talked about the team. We talked about some things to do with patients. We talked about some things to do with downtime from the very minimal, okay, which what you said, we don't want to throw comments out the window, right. to the maximum where we're, uh, I know, I think for you, for example, you have a full-time office manager still intact and others have things that are going on. You got to pay, like you say, never throw comments out the window. But lastly, is moving towards practice recovery. 
what what does that look like in your mind? What has to happen? I know we're kind of like, we're not really there yet and we'll talk much more about it as we get closer, but give us a little vision of what that can look like when things start to- Well, because you're gonna have a backlog of treatment that you were supposed to get done that didn't get done, that's why your scheduling is so important. You're gonna to have to look at each one of those um, appointments that had to be canceled and look at the severity of those issues and maybe you'll come up with your own kind of ranking. Um, but you know what, who do I need to get in first? Um, I still recommend that you keep to your pre-blocking because that's what allows you to get a little bit of everything done every day. Uh, we still don't wanna you know, wear ourselves out either uh, by giving us too much of one kind of work and not enough of another. We also want to be able to regain our productivity goals and our collection goals as quickly as possible. So pre-blocking is the best way to assure that that will happen. But, but we got to be smart about it because you've got this huge backlog. So you'll have to look at who, who, who had to have their appointment replaced, you know, rescheduled, and who do we need to get in sooner, and who will we be getting in a little bit later. Now, Whenever you start coming back in, my sense is most restorative schedules don't have anybody there. So it'll be easy for you to kind of decide, you know, who's coming in sooner and who's coming in later. You'll also have to decide, depending on the demand, do we need to work, do we need to work some additional days just to catch up with the backlog? You know, initially we were thinking you would work additional days to make up for lost pay. But now, a week later, we're thinking most people won't have a situation where they've had lost pay because the government's going to help make up for the difference in, in unemployment insurance and maybe things through this CARE Act. Uh, we don't know for sure, but it doesn't look like people are actually going to be out pay. Um, and so you may not be making up days for that reason, but you may be putting in some extra days just because um, we have so many patients that haven't been treated and, and we got to get them in. So I think looking at who had to be rescheduled, what is the severity of their treatment, and you know, who, who needs to go first is, is probably the first way to begin. Otherwise, I think you're going to start seeing new patients again. You know, so keeping up with that phone training is, is important you know, because now you've got a backlog of people who have been wanting to go to the dentist, but for these reasons couldn't. So I think new patients are going to pick up right away. There may be more emergencies um, than what you have anticipated. But I think paying attention to your schedule, if I'm answering your question, that's, that's going to be important. If, if you're in one of those situations where people couldn't work remotely and your billing didn't get finished, insurance claims didn't get finished, insurance inquiries, um, you know, like a, a claim was filed, but then they had questions and we never got to answer those for five weeks or, or something like that. You're going to have that type of backlog when you come back in. And so just putting a plan together to run your pending uh, insurance reports. Um, um, if statements haven't gone out, you get what I'm saying? I think you're billing your insurance, um, working with new patients and just the maintenance of your equipment, like getting everything restarted again. Uh, is going to be a big part of the, the recovery. Um, what I anticipate is that it, it could just be a flood, like day one, because we're going to know at some point you're going to be allowed to reopen in like three days or something like that. I don't think it's going to go from one day you're closed and then they're going to go tomorrow you can open. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that quick. I think they're going to say, hey, we see a flattening out of the um, spread of this virus. And so in two days or whatever you can open, which means we're gonna have a little bit of time to prepare. 
Um, but in the meantime, you know, your billing, your insurance, your phone for new patients, um, and, and block getting scheduling, your equipment. scheduling. Yeah, there, that there's, a great, there's a great resource on the survival kit that you can get the Dental Practice Excellent book. And there's also a webinar. And uh, I put that together, but the scheduling part is heavily borrowed <laughs> from and taught by Larry Gazzardo. That's going to be great to learn those. This is a free training for block scheduling as well as some phone skills. Because you're right, when this all comes, we have to be efficient to be able to handle it. Because we can't, be, we can't overwhelm ourselves either. It's true. That's true. Excellent. And then I think I'll, we can kind of conclude with this. I see one of our, one of our um, mastermind members was posting, Michael, those who stay together through this emergency will have bonded together through this crisis. Eric, I, I see you came on board. Did you want to say something, Eric? I just think we get a lot of the same questions and, uh, you know, unemployment pay, unemployment pay. And yet there's still a bill that's going to come probably tomorrow through the Senate, which is the CARES Act, which is going to allow people to rehire their employees with government money. And that's what we're seeing anyway. And so, yeah, they may be on unemployment now, but you're probably going to be able to rehire them, pay them 100% of their wages and have them work remotely for you. So the guilt will be gone. <laughs> the team camaraderie will come back. There's still a lot of things we need to see about that, as well as that money can be used if you're worried about paying somebody from the FMLA Act or whatever it is that you feel like you have to pay them for family medical leave. There's going to be money coming to you um, to help pay them. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of flexibility. I, I just avoided talking about it because... Maybe I'm going to put my cynical, right. We don't know. It we just know went from the yeah. Senate. It went to the house. We're Back praying that they're just yeah. going to vote for it the way it is. Yes. But we know how these people are. Yeah. yeah. I hate to We're be hopeful. that way, but I don't want to talk about something that may or may not uh, actual yeah. come in. Oh, we see Robin, Robin. Hey, I just want to say, Eric Vickery, you have the fastest finger <laughs> in the West. I barely had a time to write yes, and Eric's already answered the question. <laughs> I beat him once. I got him this once. This guy was Johnny on the spot. So, Eric, thank you. I just wanted thank to you, say Eric. that in public. <laughs> yeah, fingers. we're all we're all in this together. I think that's yeah. his new I nickname. I like what Mike Edmund had to Eric. say. <laughs> Quick fingers. You're right, Larry. Yeah. If, so we, if we stay together during this emergency, uh, we're going to be stronger and better when we get through it. And, and I'm yeah. very confident that that will happen. And you know what's interesting is everything's kind of transferable as well. And I try to, when I, when I give advice, I try to speak from the heart what I'm going through, what, what All Star is going through too. And it's amazing to see. I mean, I, I love my, my team as it is, but it's amazing to see just Larry Gazzardo step up, Eric, Robin, all of our coaches, all of our people just so generous. Like, I mean, I'm not paying these coaches. They're, they're on here on their own time to, to help out and, uh, and, and just take care of all of you. And oh, so he and just admitted what a tightwad he was. So yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's okay. He, 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 he does pretty well because he helps all, all, so many. No, we don't have to so. say it to your face. <laughs> quick finger, quick finger, Eric. But the, um, but that, that's the thing is, as you can see, you know, we're a happy team. Uh, we, we, we work very hard. We take, and these, you know, virtual helps. I mean, uh, again, we were a virtual team. I, I met, uh, I never met uh, Eric. I didn't meet him until many years after kind of retaining him virtually. So the, the, the point I'm making is, is as you can see, there, there's a power in keeping your team together. 
you can do it virtually. Absolutely, we've demonstrated that. Again, most of my team I've never met until years later uh, physically. So it can be done. Technology is there. It's phenomenal. It's easier than ever. And, and keep, um, keep hope. Keep hope. Keep hope. That's what, what the whole name of this was, is you've got to keep some hope in crisis. Um, and we'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, Larry, did you have any final words to say? No, no. I think That's it's great. all been said. We need to take a deep breath. Uh, and, and, if, and if we work together and demonstrate some flexibility, we're going to come out of this uh, just as well as we were. I'm, I'm sorry that this has happened to us, um, and I wish that we didn't have to go through it. I'm experiencing it as just you know another chapter in our life, but I, I think we're going to be okay in the end. Excellent. So we'll see you all in the next webinar with Dr. Lauren, Dr. Lauren Levine. And like I mentioned before, there's the survival kit that we put up on allstardentalacademy.com and you can get a lot of the resources that we talked about here and we'll add more, we'll keep adding. The, the replays will be posted. They're already on Facebook already if you wanna watch it live and the replays instant. Be on YouTube soon, it'll be on our site. We'll continue to generate some great content for you, help you all out. We gotta keep dentistry uh, strong. Thank you, Eric Vickery. Thank you, Robin Reese. Thank you, everybody. And of course, our head instructor, Larry Gazzardo, thank you for being so generous and so supportive. Until next time, go out there and be an all-star. An all-star. <laughs>